Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Thirsty, thirsty, Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Bill Romanowski is 75. Welcome on in. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake, coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studio, studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. You having a good day? Hope everything is well with you. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, uh, I'm hanging in too. there. How are you, buddy? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? You feeling good? So- I'm ready to go. I got my Harry Carey shirt on. Oh, yeah? Rocking that today? You remember that one with the big glasses on the front? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. You used to Actually, wear that had, frequently. I've had two. I had a green one, and now I have a blue one, and it's really old. I mean, this one's really old. The other one I liked even better than this one. But, uh, yeah, ate at uh, Harry's Restaurant back in the day and picked up a shirt. So and I walked uh, walked two or three miles today, Jake. So I'm I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready, ready to go. Run. Huh? All right. Yeah. You you done anything worthwhile? Uh, no, not really. But when do I ever? What color is your uh, shirt, Jake? Uh, black. Hey, Bill Tecumseh Sherman is ninety-one. I did not oh. know his middle oh. name was Tecumseh. William Tecumseh Sherman. You haven't heard that, Bill? No. no. Are we uh, we like giving out birthdays today? Who is no. the most famous Bill you can think of, Gordon? Yeah. Uh, Bill Parcells is 94. Not years old. No, 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 no. This is a ranking of the 100 most famous Bills. Oh. Who's 100? Uh, Billy Cunningham, American former professional basketball player and coach, whose yeah, nickname was, was Gordon? I don't know. I forget. The Kangaroo Kid. Haven't you brought that up before on the show? That's the only reason Maybe. I did that. I thought you'd... Maybe you'd... I have, but I... Uh, anyway, we're, we're, we were deciding between a couple of bills for Band of the Day today, and uh, we it led us to down the rabbit hole of who is the most famous bill. And in the, on this particular list, and, and really the list loses credibility, <laughs> because Bill Pullman is at number one. Bill Pullman. Oh, really? Last updated March 22nd, 2021. Where's Bill Paxton? This is Ranker.com. I didn't see Bill Paxton. May he rest peacefully. But Bill Pullman is ahead of Bill Clinton. Who's at number two? Bill Murray, number three. Bill Nye at number four. That's too high for that guy. Well, Bill Pullman was a better Uh, president. Listen to this. Bill Shakespeare is at number seven. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> you're not you're not that telling right. me that Bill no. Shakespeare is ranked behind Bill Pullman. No. no, he should be at the top of the list. Who who is more notable than that? Nobody. Did, Shat, Shatner is at nine. Did Bill Shakespeare even exist? Wasn't it like a, a fake person? What? Wasn't it like a conglomeration I've, of a I've bunch heard, of different people? I've heard that theory, yeah. 
the Francis Bacon uh, notes or a whatever? A bunch of different writers who wrote under that pen name. Do you believe it? Yes. Well, that would be a whole lot of bills. Bill Maher at 16 seems a little high for him. Give us a top uh, how, about, how about this? Just, just give Billy us a top D. Williams at 17. The coolest <laughs> bill on the list. That is. Bill Burr at 18. Billy Crudup, who I'm a big fan of, at 19. Billy Corgan at 20. Give us 10 through 1. I, I need to hear it in order. Uh, Billy Idol at 10. Uh-huh. Bill Shatner at 9. Yeah. Bill Crystal at 8. Okay. Bill Shakespeare at 7. That's so <laughs> stupid. That's ridiculous. Go ahead. Bill Nye at 6. Bill what? Bill Hader <laughs> at 5. <laughs> Bill Hader is 5? Bill is Hader. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Let's see. This is pathetic. But another Bill Nye... But this one's spelled N-I-G-H-Y? That it's uh, oh. Nighy. Nighy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a English. Captain Barbosa. Was... Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, no, that's no, Jeffrey no, Rush. No, that is Jeffrey yeah, Rush. He's, yeah, uh, he's the bad guy. The he's Davey, the octopus Davey Jones guy. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nighy. Excuse me. Uh, Bill Murray at three. Okay. That's Bill Clinton at two. <laughs> Star of stage and screen, Bill Pullman. Coming in at number one. Neither of you that, laughed at my "he was a better just, president" joke. That's just that was I, a bad. I, I movie. was going. I, was I try to. Say the same I, thing, but you beat me to it. Uh, I try to eliminate uh, that movie from my whole psyche. He, but he did make a good president, though. I mean, that, he, that, that's what you want out of a president, right there, right? He was an actor. He's an actor. That that president was so was, was Reagan. Purely fiction. <laughs> a whole bunch of presidents have been actors. Oh, man. So Bill Pullman, number one, that ju- that just seems to attack Ranker.com's uh, credibility here. Well, there, he, there's, if, there's recency bias here. Come on. <laughs> William Shakespeare has got to be ahead of anyone on that list. I mean, that, I, assuming he was one person, uh, that, uh, that uh, as influential as anyone. I would rank him probably in your top ten all-time any names. All right, you ready for this one? Austin asked a question, where is Bill Paxton? Number 22. Oh, top, top 25. One spot in front of Bill Gates. Take that, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, you're taking a backseat to Bill Paxton. <laughs> now, wait, how does Ranker do that? Is that according to uh, votes that come in from their readers or what? How I don't know. Work? That'd require me to read the methodology. What difference does it make? We're ranking bills here. If, what if do- you don't like this radio, by the way, blame the Jazz for losing. Oh, yeah. We're not in a hurry to talk. Well, you know what? Uh, I'll take that back. I, I thought it was a great game. There was a lot to take up. But not from. as interesting as the top 100 bills. Well, right. Bill Somewhere Cotton. David Locke is projectile vomiting. Bill Russell at 26, one spot in front of Billy Bush. This, uh, this, Billy list, Bush. Is, this list is totally screwed up. Billy Bush is five spots ahead of Bill Belichick, who comes in at 30. This is so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I want to know who compiled this list. It's way off base. Oh, man. Celebrated author Bill Faulkner comes in at 32. Bill McKinley, the former president at uh, 33. And Bill Howard Taft at 34. Kind of a... Kind of this, a is, this is ridiculous. Bill Walton at 36. <laughs> All right. Uh, we can stop if you want. Okay. Uh, Billy Mays still rocking in at 41. May he rest peacefully. Yeah. Bill Lambeer uh, at 39? Uh, May he someday wait, 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 wait. rest peacefully. Wait a minute. Give me those last two again. 
And I don't know where did Billy Mays. Billy Mays at forty one. Bill Lambeer at thirty nine. In whose universe is Bill Lambeer ahead of uh, Bill Mays? Every every universe. Bill Lambeer uh, was, you know, he's an NBA champion. Billy Mays was just some nut job on television slinging. You watch your mouth. Random. Products. Oh, I thought you were referring to Willie. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, where's, where's oh, Bill Mays? That he's Bill not Mays. even on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking infomercial King Billy oh, Mays. Yeah, okay, all right. Bill Refrigerator Perry at 56. Bill Perry. Anyway, we can stop this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we went down this rabbit hole. Famous Bills, let us know. Bill Buckner at 68. Lots of sports connections. It's relevant, see? Yeah, but it's all out of order. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's this is this is this is really bugging me now. Hey, Bill, uh, Prince Bill, Duke of Cambridge, twenty uh, comes in at seventy. So uh, Prince Bill, <laughs> Prince Bill. I think if I ever got a, a male dog, I would name him Bill. I, I really like that name for a dog. Bill Randolph Hearst at seventy-three. <laughs> this is this is topsy turvy. <laughs> well, we did. Where's start. Uh, Bill and Mary the college? We did start. Nice. My grandmother <laughs> went there. Did she? Yeah, proud Bill and Mary graduate. Did she know either Bill or Mary? No, she did not. Uh, but who, uh, who are who are Bill and Mary? You know the the second oldest university in the country, William. I and know Mary. the university, yeah. but who were they? Oh, uh, it was uh, Bill and his niece Mary. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. They founded. Uh, they they found uh, the Louisiana Purchase, wasn't that them? Uh, I think but I mean, any list that that starts off with the world's most famous Bill of all time as Bill Pullman. I mean, that's, that's a bit of a, cre- famous. a bit of a credibility. <laughs> he was problem. great in Casper. That's pathetic. I, 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 <laughs> Bill Pullman ahead of Bill Shakespeare and Bill Clinton. <laughs> Newsies would have fallen apart without Bill There's, Pullman. There, I, I learned some new learn, looking into this. There was like five presidents named Bill, and they all came in behind Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> because he was the best president of all. He uh, saved the world. Let's be real. If he ran for president, he'd probably win. Uh, wow. I doubt it. No, I don't. I don't. Who is the greatest TV Bill generation as far as sports goes? Russell. Bill Russell is pretty tough. To William be. Russell. Where's he on the list? He was in the 20s, was, I think. Yeah, he, he was way too low. 26. Right, well, tomorrow's name well, will was be Willie, Jimmy. Was Willie Mays' <laughs> name really William or was it really Willie? Because, I mean, William. Willie Mays, Billy Mays to his friends uh, certainly has to be up there, right? Yeah, if if his name is his his Willie. his given name, Willie Howard Mays Jr. Oh, how about that? Oh, we need a ruling from the from the judge here. I don't think that's a proper bill. No, it's not. No. no, Willie is short for nothing. It's Willie. It's Willie. So what about Bill the Thrill Clark? I I I'm 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 trying to find the difference between Bill and Will. Uh, his name was William Nushler Clark Jr. Yeah, so he would count. He is a bill. 
also a, a, a Giants legend. Okay. Anyway. Thanks for getting all that straightened out. Uh, Jake, you're we do you're welcome. I, I, I'm I, sorry. I, a, I really had a burning desire to know. Uh, you know, and I wouldn't have minded it really if it were in proper order, but it's out of order. So you you bring up the most random of random stuff in the middle of of perfectly sane conversation. Pretty much, if the show is is uh, from two to six, and that's uh, well two to seven, excuse me, you know, five hours, it's probably at least three and a half of those five. Not true. I can't bring up I'm a not, list of bills. That off. No, I have no problem with you bringing it up. I, I was going to say we cannot. Gordon can literally do anything he wants for the not sports report today. We can't say anything. We just spent twenty minutes on Bill and ranking Gordon, the bills and, in the world, and Gordon's grumpy because they're out of no, order. No, no, I'm not <laughs> grumpy. I have no problem with it. I think it's, oh. that sort of thing is kind of interesting. I am grumpy with the list though because it's just stupid. Uh, not, not the list itself. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the way they rank the Bills. Gangrene Youth Fan asked on Twitter where Bill Cosby is ranked. Unfortunately, still at 25. Let's see if we can move him down a few. Move him out Buffalo, of the top 100. How about Buffalo Bill? Where's he? Uh, well, not on question. here. I didn't see it. Really? Huh. He, nor did I see Wild Bill. Oh. What about Pecos Bill? Any no, good? No Pecos Bill either. <laughs> we got recency bias. Hey, on this the thing. Wild West is is grossly underrated on this top 100 bills of all time. Buffalo Bill's real name was William Frederick Cody. Yeah. He should be on. He there. should be on the list. Anyway, well, where how can we file a complaint? I don't know. Uh, if Bill Ward, whoever that is, is on the list. Bill Ward made the list, but Buffalo Bill didn't. <laughs> Buffalo didn't. Bill Ward wow. at 82. He probably like invented. Oh, he's the original drummer of Black Sabbath. That's not bad. <laughs> okay, now you're all right. All right. All right. Well, you know. All right. Now, should we dive into the split story yes. today? Should we get down to business? Please. All right. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Austin. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 80 43 Suns. Donovan, hard right hand drive, pulls back on Tory Craig and hits. Can you say you're back in the bubble, Tory Craig, and I'm torching you again? Donovan, drive into eight. Double team. Curls back out with the left hand. He's free throw line extended. He swings back to the baseline. Spida spins in the lane, puts it off the window, and scores it. That's remarkable. 38 for Don Booker in the right elbow. Guarded by Don. Holding the right pivot foot again. He puts his shoulder into him. Bumps into him twice. Ball fakes. Throws it back out up top to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's left for three. Hit it. Jazz got confused. Who's guarding it? We know what we can be. You know, we know we, we have work to do as well. But, you know, there's definitely... It's just what it's like we look at. We didn't really shoot the three ball all that well, you know, and I think for us, just finding ways to continue to improve, play through physicality, find ways to continue to, to play. When we kind of woke up and shots started to fall, if we can continue that same energy in the first quarter, uh, first half, um, just being able to play play through that and understand that, you know, they're going to be nights like this. We haven't shot the ball well the past two nights, you know, and, you know, two totally different games in my opinion. You look at tonight with you right there, you know, um, a few rebounds away. Um, and then last game, you know, we were down by 20 at one point. You know, we responded the right way, but we had to do it throughout the, the course of the game. Gordon, the Jazz lose in Phoenix, 117-113 to in overtime. 
And the good news is they're back at it tonight against a very tough Portland team here at this building at 8 o'clock. But let's talk about last night's game. Um, you uh, lead us off, Gordon. Where do you want to begin? Well, you heard uh, there uh, the three-point shooting was a real sore spot for the Jazz. They just could not get uh, much touch from that distance, and that really hurts the Jazz when that happens. I wrote a column about it. It's at sltrib.com if you want to check it out and either agree with me or disagree with me on it. But when the Jazz shoot 11 of 44, they're not going to win. They're just they're not going to win. It's too important to them to be efficient from beyond the arc, and they weren't able to be consistent there, and it really cost them. And when you heard Quinn Snyder after the game, he talked not only about that, but he talked about whatever, all the things that lead up to the correct spacing to get those those good shots that they're hoping for. And uh, he was, he was uh, kind of disappointed with the Jazz's level of aggression coming out of the gate. And, Jake, you and I talked about that yesterday during the show. We thought that they'd be fired up enough to really be aggressive right from, right from the opening tip. And it didn't work out that way. And that was really, really kind of strange to me that that's, that was a reality. The, old, the other thing, and then, then you have at it, Jake, the other thing that really struck me was the disparity in rebounding, 61 to 45. And those offensive boards that the Suns were getting, I think they had, what they had, like 17, 16 or something, 16 offensive boards to the Jazz's seven. That really hurt them. That hurt the Jazz in a big way. So those are the areas that I circled as being most uh, contributing to uh, the Jazz's defeat. What do you think? I think you've diagnosed it pretty well. I mean, even if they have an average ninth shooting from the three, they win that game. Um, the the rebounding, I, I think, is certainly a concern because they looked small for one of the, the few times this year where they've kind of looked their size. If Does yeah. that make sense, Gordon, uh-huh. what, I'm, what I'm getting out there? That they're outside of Rudy and Favors, they're really a small team. And they looked small because Rudy would help on defense, cause a missed shot, and then there was just nothing there to contest those rebounds. And that was a, that was a big problem. They've got to get that back dialed in. And I don't know if it's crashed the boards with more bodies or what the solution is, but, uh, but that certainly was an issue um, last night. I, I totally uh, agree with you. I thought Donovan uh, played just a gutsy, gutsy game. And when he saw that uh, the others kind of didn't have it, um, he uh, he kind of took over, except for here. Here's the part that concerned me, Gordon, is I think a few players on this team are are having a crisis of confidence, and not not a cold streak because I I honestly and we've talked about this enough to know that cold hot it fluctuates most of the time you you return to your average right. A crisis of confidence is something different, and uh, I'm a little worried about Royce O'Neal in particular. Uh, but Bogdanovich a little bit too. Although I thought Bogdanovich found a way to play through it by going to the hoop yeah. and making his layups and, and absolutely contributed to that game. But there was one possession in the in the last two minutes of the game, Gordon, where Royce O'Neal had a wide-open corner three. I mean, the, the offense worked uh, exactly how the offense should work. It ended up with Royce O'Neal in, in the corner, which is his spot. You know, we talk all the time about getting spots, getting to his spots. The corner is Royce O'Neal's spot, and I know he's been cold. I know he's missed a bunch of shots, but he passed it up, Gordon, and he passed it to Bogdanovich, 
who ended up taking a dribble and taking the shot and missing it. And I know Bogdanovich caught a lot of the heat. But honestly, and Locke mentioned this on the broadcast, that I don't know if Bogdanovich was ready for it. Like, Royce was so open, the fact that Royce passed on that three, I think, startled Bogdanovich a little bit. And then he hesitated, which everybody saw, and and took and missed the shot. And maybe Bogdanovich is having that crisis of confidence, too. But Royce, earlier in the year, won a game for him by taking that corner three and had yeah. the confidence to go ahead and do it. And they they need players out there who are willing to take and make or miss those shots. I want to concentrate because, more on the taking than the making because Donovan can't beat good teams all by himself, and there was an opportunity for somebody else to contribute. And not they didn't – Royce didn't try and fail, which is something that happens in sports and that we see every single night in the NBA, but passed it up. And that was that was a real critical point in the game, and they needed that, and he didn't have the confidence to take it. That yeah. that that concerns me. Couldn't agree with you more uh, in that regard. Sometimes, in, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, it's better to take the shot and miss it than it is to pass it up. You know, I mean, you just can't do that, especially with an offense like the Jazz's that's built to create those kinds of shots. Yeah. And something tells me Royce O'Neal is going to be seeing all kinds of openings to shoot from because teams are questioning whether uh, whether he can do that. And he's questioning himself. Let me give you some stats on, on the importance of the Jazz uh, making those three-point, or at least living up to the standard they've set for themselves on those three-point percentages. In the 13 losses the Jazz have had. Let me read off the first of all, before I do that, the Jazz, before these last two games, they were shooting nigh on to 40% from three. Okay. So that's what they had set for themselves so so far this season. In their 13 losses, they've shot from three, 29.4%, This is an anomaly here, 42.6, 35.3, 32.6, 39.5, 47.7, 34.1, 37.5, 27.3, and 25.0. So in only three of those games, did they shoot up to their average. All the others, they shot mostly well beneath it. And that kills them. They, we talked about it earlier in the year. Remember, Jake, when, when we were waiting for the Jazz's defense to come around so it could save them on the nights when they weren't shooting the ball well? Well, I, I'm just not sure that the de- as good as the defense has been, it's not dominant enough to, uh, depend- to dependably overcome uh, this kind of diminished accuracy from three. It's too important for the Jazz. It's absolutely incorporated in what they do. And when they don't shoot it well, or as Quinn said last night, if they don't do the things necessary to create the correct spacing so that they get comfortable looks from three-point range, they're likely to lose. That's just the way it is. I, I'm i not disagreeing here, but I'm adding two. You know, that's true. And they, the defense pert near won them the game against the second-best team in the league. Right, but I didn't. Okay, but it... <laughs> it darn near did, and Phoenix gave all it had. I oh, mean, I don't know. Phoenix didn't shoot the ball all that great from three either. Exactly. Yeah. 
And, you know, Booker had 35 points, and everybody goes, whoa, 35 from Booker. It took him 31 shots to get there. <laughs> he went 13 yeah. of 31. It took him 31 shots. And Chris Paul tore them apart. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know if Chris Paul can have very many better games than that. He certainly can't have many more games where he, he uh, plays 43 minutes, which was just amazing. And that tells you what Phoenix thought about this game. Because they, they played their dudes. Chris Paul's averaging about, oh, I have to go back and look, but it's like 31 and change minutes a game. And he, d- he did not do his rotation in the fourth quarter. So Phoenix was giving it everything that they had. And Chris Paul was really, really good. And the Jazz defense still nearly won it. So I'm not disagreeing with you on the threes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the defense matters. And it makes a big difference. And they nearly beat Phoenix in Phoenix with that that defensive edge against a team, by the way, that doesn't play into their defensive strengths because they don't go to the basket at all. And so it, it limits Rudy's impact, too. So Aiton had a pretty nice game. Yeah, all on like offensive rebounds, though, when Rudy was out of the picture. That was, that was the hard part about uh, all those offensive rebounds is it was because Rudy was off doing Rudy things and they couldn't help him out. Well, if the Jazz can shoot the ball the way they did against the Magic, 26 of 55, they're going to be very successful. If they shoot it the way they have in their last two games, let's see, a combined, what was it, uh, 23 of 88? They're not going to win games, Jake. They're not going to win games. Well, nobody shoots it as well as they did in the Magic game, Gordon. I mean, uh, okay. So my, my point is that it's so important for them to do it in a playoff setting when, you know, clever coaches are going to be able to dial in and, and, and I think uh, sort of disrupt jazz shooting from the perimeter. And as you pointed out yesterday, okay, well, that might give Rudy some opportunities down low, but that's not enough, I, I think, for, for the jazz to win. Uh, so they're going to have to figure this out so that they can get the spacing that Quinn wants, so that they can get the comfortable shots he wants, and they can gain that confidence that you were saying has sort of eroded away a little bit. Yeah, I just think it's so much more nuanced than they make their threes or don't make their threes. Well, I mean, every nothing is absolute, but certainly, and I, I thought, mean, the, and I think the, 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 the statistics, the statistics I just gave you are fairly convincing. You know, if they if they shoot their normal percentage from three, they win. And if they don't, they lose. How many teams in the NBA is that not true for? Well, it's especially true for the Jazz because they put up more attempts than any other team. Yeah, they've they've it's built around the percentages of making their threes. It's, yeah, it's I, more I important to the Jazz than it is for most teams. Maybe I mean, <laughs> if you make your shots, that's that's what I hate about the maker miss league argument. That's not what I'm saying. If you make Jake, your shots, you, you, you know win. what if I'm saying. The Jazz stress creating three point shots for mm-hmm. their team, and so they so they lead their number one in the league in, in attempts from three, forty three a game, more than anybody else. They were they did have the leading percentage of hitting threes, but lately they've dropped down to fourth now. So and. Well, how about why? Is there some common thread between those games that they're missing the threes, or did they just leave it in the locker room? Well, according to Quinn, they weren't spacing the floor properly. That's what he said after the game last night. 
You think that's been the same in all these games that they're I, – I don't know. I'm asking. Do you think it's the same in these games where they're shooting in the 30s? I mean, listen, any team that shoots in the 20s from three is going to have a tough time winning games unless they're completely built around an inside-out philosophy like back in 98 or something. So, But in those 30s when they've struggled – is it is that it? Is it spacing? Do you think is there is there a, a type of defense? I mean, it's got to yeah. be more nuanced than they just left it in the locker room. That's my not, point. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree with that. I, I I do think there's more to it than that. It's not just oh wow we were cold tonight. Oh wow we were really hot tonight. There there are things involved in it, and I just took note of what Quinn said last night that the spacing was proper. The only way for us to really know that would be to go back and rewatch each of those losses and see what was going on. But I have a suspicion that it's not just whether you're hot or not. Uh, there's, there's a whole process that leads up to it. And, you know, the other guys have something to do with it too. Some teams are a little better at defending the three than others. Which Phoenix is very good. And, and on defense, Phoenix is very good, and they deserve credit there where credit's due. They've got but a bunch of long, rangy players that, that close out like crazy. I mean, that's got to be, if not the best closeout team in the league, it's got to be pretty close. I mean, there were times last night when the Jazz offense really worked and, and the ball popped around and the dude was just covered because Phoenix really played it well, and they played that pressure-style defense, which helped the Jazz get off to such a slow start because the referees just decided, speaking of leaving it in the locker room, the referees were going to let them play. They were going to leave yeah. that whistle on the sideline, and I think it took the Jazz a minute to get adjusted to that. But when they did, and the bench unit came on, they led after the first quarter. So, I mean... You said something earlier, Jake, that I think is really important and, and impressive. If we're going to look at a positive from this game, Donovan Mitchell's one tough mother now. You know? I mean, his plus minus was he minus 11. But the 41 points on 16 to 35 shooting, he was not hitting his outside shot. He found other ways to contribute. And he, he missed that big shot. He missed a couple of really big shots. And, you know, I mean, but, I mean, he was doing everything he could to lift his team up when it needed him. And he just did not get enough help. All right. We'll have much more jazz conversation as the show goes along. So stay tuned. We'll also talk about the Masters. I believe who's on with us today? BT? Bob's on with us today. Uh, right now, let's see, three-way tie for the lead with uh, Justin Rose, Matsumura, and Harmon. What's Harmon's first name? I don't know. It's Matsuyama, though. Is it, what did I say? Matsumura. <laughs> Matsuyama, excuse me. Thank you, Austin. But I don't know who Harin is. So all right. So earlier, you know. earlier in the day when I checked the leaderboard, man, there were a whole lot of players who are not from the U.S. of A. Uh, doing pretty well. I don't know whether that's flipped. I got to check it. But uh, I don't know. It, for all the U. USA fans out there, you know, it was it was looking rather bleak early on. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to do uh, Bills for Band of the Day today. Famous Bills. This is Bill Ray Cyrus. 
Uh, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy uh, concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist inside at LiveNation.com. How, how this was born really is Austin and I were debating between a couple of bills for uh, Band of the Day. And then that led us down the, the, most, the 100 most famous bills of all time. And now that's just led us to, let's just open it up. We won't debate between the bills anymore. We'll just, we'll just go all bills. And, and the debate, by the way, was between uh, um, Bill Joel, Bill Ray Cyrus, and uh, Bill Idol. That's right. Oh, I think that hack that. Bill Ocean got you, the X yeah, real we, fast. Yeah, we got rid of him, although you might hear him later in the day. You, uh, you uh, made an error in judgment here, I think. Why? Bill Race Cyrus? Yeah. Hannah Montana, the star of Hannah Montana? The same. He was in the show, right? He, he played her dad when he was actually her dad? Which the is maybe the most she ever saw of him as her dad. Wow, shots <laughs> fired. Oh, the only night, Jesus. <laughs> the only time I ever saw Bill Ray Cyrus was there in the very arena where you are. Oh, uh, yeah? Did you see Bill right Ray now. back in the day? Yep. He was down uh, in the uh, inner bowels there, uh, standing there with somebody. I don't know who it was, but it was him. Oh, he wasn't performing. He was like at a game or something? I don't know if he, I don't know if he performed or what, but it, this was a jazz game. And you were just hobnobbing as you go, hey, Bill! <laughs> Gordon Monson, nice to meet you. I said, Bill, where are you on the list? Oh, where was Bill on the list? Do I still have you, this? You guy? had him. 40-something, yeah. I think. Was it 40-some Bill Ray Cyrus? All right. Well, I can't look through this. Oh, here it is. Wow. Scrolled right to it. Higher than that, Austin. 21. What? Is that higher or lower? Well, lower, but... That always gets me. higher on the list. Lower on so the list. So wait a second. Better. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, lower. Uh, Bill Ray Cyrus is higher on the list than Bill Russell. Yeah, and one spot better than Bill Paxton, who again is one spot better than Bill Gates. <laughs> I, I just can't tell you how jacked up that list is. But is this whatever. list made by Steve Jobs? I don't. Yeah, I just did that on purpose. I think Gordon needs to research and develop his own list of bills. This could be his next big column. <laughs> Gordon, well, ranking I can do the better, top I can do 100 better bills. than that one, I guarantee you that. My column. But, well, maybe our list, do we have a list of Steve's? Because, I, I uh, haven't looked into Steve's. I just have looked into bills. Steve Jobs. He uh, said Steve Jobs must have come up with the list, you know, Bill Gates' rival, who would, yes, who would yes, uh, I, I make him it. look bad by ranking yeah. him in the 20s. I, I, I got it. Behind, behind Bill Ray Cyrus and Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton. <laughs> that is so wrong. Holy cow! You invented the computer, <laughs> but you weren't in Twister, were you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well said. <laughs> With, wow. What was her name? Helen Hunt? No. What was her yeah, name? Yeah, that's, that's her. And you don't need to say was. She's still living. Yeah, but we're talking about a movie from 1990-whatever it was. But it, still with know, us, Helen Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was she was refusing to, to sign those papers, wasn't she? I don't remember the plot of that terrible movie. Her and Bill Paxton were not technically divorced, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? But yeah. they were cousins They were both storm chasers oh. and the storm of the century, and then it brought them back together. And who was it? Who was it trying to get the other one to sign? I can't remember now. It, well, he was trying to get her to sign? I don't know. Or was she trying to get him to sign? I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty sure, though, uh, I, I gave up on that movie after it, it, uh, the, the 
final scene where you would actually believe that somebody who was in a, a barn full of farm equipment and any number of such things could just lasso themselves to a pole and survive a tornado. Lasso. What, you didn't you didn't get a, a hatchet through the sternum or something? Like that yeah, grain harvester just stayed right. put. You know, that, that broken up fence didn't skewer you through the chest? You're fine. That leather will yeah, hold. That was... <laughs> that belt, you got the, you got the, that belt. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice. Uh, but uh, something bit tells of, me bit those, of those poetic th- license <laughs> there in Twister, <laughs> biggest tornado of all time. Let's run into that barn full of farm equipment for shelter, and then uh, we'll we'll be fine. Don't worry. What was the name? Philip uh, Hoffman. Oh Seymour yeah, or Hoffman, whatever his name is. Fine actor. Uh, he. What do you call the the uh, the five the, the five tour? What do they call category five? He said it was the finger of God. Did you say it like that? I don't remember yeah, it right. like that. The finger of God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> isn't that my, a painting in Rome? My, <laughs> it's on the Sistine Chapel, yeah. isn't it? No. And on Although, Stephen Covey's ceiling. Did you see his I, house went up for sale? Wait, will, he's got a recreation of that painting in his house? Yeah. No. I'll really? You, have you have you guys ever been to the Sistine Chapel? Because there's all kinds of stuff up there on that ceiling. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean I've seen the, the panels that are up there, yeah. There's a panel but, that is rather explicit, uh, kind of X-rated, actually. Uh, Michelangelo was uh, playing a joke on the Pope, I think. But it's still up there. That was pointed out to me by the our guide. It took us through there. I'm going to, like, look up the standard definition of what meets X-rated, and I'm guessing that doesn't meet it. You look at those panels, and you'll find one where there is a certain thing happening that uh, probably the Pope didn't want necessarily painted on the ceiling of his chapel. Well, you know, maybe the Pope was a little more free at the time. (laughs) A little Uh, more expressive. You never know. Michelangelo and the Pope had a little dispute going on, I think. Was it like anyway. a, a blood feud, like the Hatfields and McCoys? Well, I mean, it was a little back and forth. Michelangelo was a was a jet, and the Pope was a shark. Was a shark? Ah, I see. How did we get did, here? Did uh, did uh, 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 Michelangelo fall in love with uh, a girl named Maria? <laughs> I tried to get my kids to watch that movie, and West Side Story, and they. They they lasted about ten or fifteen minutes and they were busting up laughing. What West Side Story's great? Well, I, that's what I thought, but they they just thought it was kind of hokey. Lin Manuel Miranda's making a new one. Really? Yep. Well, the, the the girl in Hamilton that plays the bullet. Yeah, she's gonna play Maria. Huh. Oh. Well, the original's fantastic. Not a thing wrong with it. All right. Uh, productive segment. What a day. Yeah. What a day, indeed. Um. The Trailblazers are in town. We'll talk about that coming up next. Stay tuned. Anybody named Bill playing for them? And 1280 The Zone. What do you want? You're locked on to The Big Show. Presented by Big O' Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bill Withers. Uh, did you ever see this movie, Gordon, at risk of getting off onto yet another tangent? You know, the, the Morgan Freeman uh, principal at a troubled school? Great movie. I think I saw part of it, but it was a long, long time. When did that movie come out, you think, Jake? Oh, late 80s, early 90s, something yeah. like that. I can't remember what happened. But I always think of that movie when I hear this song for some reason. This is, a beautiful, this is a beautiful song. I get way, that movie confused go, with Stand By Me. Stand By Me. Just because they're both names of songs. Right. And Stand By Me is the, the River Phoenix coming of age piece where they go find a dead body in the woods in That's upstate right. Oregon. Very different movies, but Had I get them mixed up all the time. Randomly awesome cast, which I don't think they did. They knew at the time. Even uh, Vern uh, developed into a somewhat of a star. Jerry O'Connell. So, uh, Jake, I have one more question about Bill. Where was Bill Mazeroski on that list? I, I'm not sure. I, I don't uh, recall seeing his name, but that doesn't mean it wasn't on there. So it's an all-Bill today. I suppose. I, uh, I suppose. Or Billy. Well, Damien is in town, uh, Damien Lillard. and uh, the D-Lil. The Trailblazers practiced <laughs> yesterday, Gordon. Uh, and I know this because as I would try to get into the building, uh, I was about, you know, tackled and tased and all that and then <laughs> told that that was not my entrance for the day, which was pleasant. It Wait, was you had to reroute through a different way? Oh, man, Gordon, you haven't been in the building for a while, have you? No. Uh-uh. Uh, we have three different entrances that we're allowed to take at different times, depending on what time it is and what is going on. Ah, I see. Wait till you get your tattooed barcode. But but here's the thing. They are very serious about, well, I'll put it this way. They are more serious about what entrance you take uh, depending on what's going on in the building. And if an MVA team is even within the same county as the premises, then they're very serious about security, which rightfully so. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just, you know, complaining a little bit. That's okay. I had to walk around the building. It's fine. I was holding like 30 pounds of food. Anyway, point being, I'm very well aware that the Trailblazers practiced yesterday and were able to be in town. Uh, I kind of wonder if Damian Lillard went up to Ogden. He usually does when he has an extra day, but you never – well, he probably couldn't, right, because of protocols and all the restrictions that they're currently currently under. So uh, maybe – he usually finds a way to contribute. I'm sure he did. did. It's one of – it's pretty cool that our community's tied to Damian Lillard, and he seems to appreciate that as well, which is awesome. But he and his team are coming in, uh, Gordon, and, and Portland made a big trade at the deadline, acquiring Norman Powell, who I thought was really the perfect acquisition for them and uh, was going to make their team a lot better, and uh, I think it did. And Damian Lillard now has C.J. McCollum back, of course, who uh, had some injury issues earlier in the year. They trade for Powell. Nurkic, I know, is questionable for tonight's game, but he's uh, back and healthy or healthy-ish. And I'll tell you what, when they have their pieces, Portland is really good. And Lillard, to his credit, kept the ship afloat until they could really figure out how to put together a complete roster, and I think they have. This is going to be a, a brutal game for the Jazz tonight. It's going to be tough. Yeah, coming back off the off the road loss last night, uh, but uh, but this team, your uh, emphasis on defense, Jake, is really applicable for this game tonight. Well, yeah, and for that, all the reasons you just said, and that I mean, Portland the, doesn't play any of it, so that's nice. 
<laughs> but those Jazz perimeter defenders are going to really have to do their jobs, and uh, we'll we'll see how how much energy they have in in that respect because this is a team that can absolutely light you up. And now with the addition of Powell, I mean, he's another very good. What's he averaging? Twenty points a game, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, they're surrounded by good scores. All right, just some updates on the roster front. Mike Conley is not listed on the injury report, so he might play tonight. Uh, usually he's been sitting out uh, either the front or back end of back-to-backs, but Jordan Clarkson, due to a right ankle sprain, is doubtful tonight against the Blazers. Blazers. So maybe Conley uh, decides to forego a night of rest if Clarkson Clarkson's unable to go. Yeah, that Western Conference uh, race is tightening up, so Jazz need every victory they can get. It tonight... Hey, it- Sorry, Austin, can I can I have some breaking news? Some breaking news sound, please. Yeah. So uh, currently, let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh at the Masters is a bill. Oh, really? We've got a bill at number seven. It's not. It's, it's, he goes by Will, but it's close enough because the Will is probably short for Williams. So I'm counting him as a bill. Will Zalatoris. Okay. It Sounds is, delicious. Uh, he's not on the list. He's. <laughs> it says his. I don't know if he's an amateur or what. I don't know who he is, but it says his career earnings are zero. But he's currently at seven, in seventh place, so good for him. I'll have the actually, salad Zelatoris, please. Actually, he's tied. Wait. He's in fourth. Wait. He's in second. There are, there's a three-way tie for first, and he there's a four-way tie for second. So... Uh, okay, Bill. Bill's tied for fourth at two under. Wait, who's who's got the lead? Well, the, our, the live coverage from the Masters that's currently in the studio just uh, shuffled away from it briefly. You know who's not in the lead? Gary Woodland. He's even. Yeah, but wait. <laughs> wait, the leader is three under, and he's two under. Oh, is he four now? The leader, whoever it is, is at four under. I You've got a that. really slow up, <laughs> updating leaderboard there, Gordon, because you went from he's seventh to he's fourth to Justin he's second Rose. and back to fourth. <laughs> Justin Hold Rose on. is alone at minus four. Harmon oh, Matsuyama okay. are tied at minus uh-huh. three, and okay, Zalatoris right. and a bunch of others are minus yeah. two. Yeah, okay. You're, you're right. Sorry. Anyway, go Bill. <laughs> we are cheered for Bill today. All right. Stay tuned. What's going on coming up next? (laughs) Stay tuned. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.